Today's Sunday, May 17th. That's 517. So on 517, I'd like to present the 517th chapter of the Bible. Please begin turning. Okay, if you need a little help, that's the same psalm as there are chapters in the Old Testament. So as I read this to you guys, and while you read with me, sorry, books in the Old Testament, my bad. As, as I read this, please think about the psalmist here. The Talmud describes it to Moses. Matthew Henry thought it was David. I don't know who it was. But think about his mindset. Think about what was ailing him. He was one of the three S's that I'd like to present to you. He was either stressed, sick, or sorrowful. Does that describe any of you today? If it is, did you, and do you respond just like the psalmist did? If you haven't got there yet, Psalm 39. Psalm 39. Please follow along as I read. I said, I will take heed to my ways, that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. I was dumb with silence. I held my peace, even from good, and my sorrow was stirred. My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then spake I with my tongue, Lord, make me to know mine end yes. and the measure of my days, yes, yes. what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Yes, Lord. Behold, thou hast made my days as an handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. Right. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Right. Right. Yes. Selah. Surely every man walketh in a vain show. Surely they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches, and knoweth not who shall gather them. Amen. And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. Amen. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Make me not the reproach of the foolish. I was dumb. I opened not my mouth, because thou didst it. Remove thy stroke away from me. I am consumed by the blow of thy hand. When thou with rebukes dost correct man for iniquity, thou makest his beauty to consume away like a moth. Surely every man is vanity. Selah. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear unto my cry. Hold not thy peace at my tears. For I am a stranger with thee, and a sojourner, as all my fathers were. O spare me that I may recover strength before I go hence, and be no more. Amen. So as we look at this psalm, remember the three S's. He was either stressed, sick, or sorrowful. Is that relevant to you today? It will be at some point in time. Will you respond just like the psalmist? Look at in verse 1. He holds his tongue. James said the tongue is a world of iniquity. Uh, it's, it's a fire. No man can tame it. It's set on fire of hell. Look at the, the, the strength that it took the psalmist to keep his mouth shut before the wicked. He didn't want to say anything, good or bad, as we'll see in verse 2, that might uh, incriminate him. Uh, he didn't want to sin against the Lord if, if, if there were thoughts against the Lord. But in verse 2, he even holds his peace even from good. Because yeah. if the wicked are before him, they can misconstrue or, or turn upside down his words. He wanted to shut it in. Be quiet and just endure his, his, the suffering that he had. 
Peter says in, in 1 Peter 3 that for he that will love life and see good, good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. I think the psalmist had this in mind. Verse 3, my heart was hot within me. It was burning him up. He just couldn't stand it any longer. But when he finally speaks in verse 4, he asks the Lord, Lord, make me to know mine end, the measure of my days, what it is, that I can know how frail I am. Yes. The psalmist asks God to show him his end. How long does he have to endure this? How long does he have? The psalmist can take comfort in the fact that his sorrow, stress, or sickness isn't going to last forever. Eventually, he's going to go to a better place. <laughs> verse 5. Verse 5 is, is the answer to that, that question. Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth. A handbreadth, there it is. Four inches, five inches, depending on how big your hand is. It's not very long, not compared to any other measurement. Human lifespan is nothing in compared to eternity. It's an infinitesimally, infinitely small number. Yes. Human life, even compared to the, the history of the world, is very small. You live 60 years, you've been here 1% of the whole earth. Verily, man at his best state is altogether vanity. Vanity. What's vanity? It's worthlessness, futility, yes. nothingness. I think the book of Job sum, uh, sums it up pretty well. The end of the wicked. Um, I think it's a great verse. Job 24 through 8. Knowest thou not of this of old, since man was placed upon the earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short, and the joy of the hypocrite but for a moment? Though his excellency mount up to the heavens and his head reach unto the clouds, yet he shall perish forever like his own dung. They which have seen him shall say, Where is he? He shall fly away as a dream and shall not be found. Yea, he shall be chased away as a vision of the night. He's like a dream. You wake up, you can't remember it. He perishes like his own excrement. Uh, uh, excrement, thank you. The stuff you do in the bathroom. It's gone. You flush it. That is the vanity of life, and especially for the wicked. The psalmist, although he asks for himself, Lord, make me to know mine end, I think by knowing his end, he can apply that to the wicked and also be thankful and encouraged that the wicked will not prosper forever. They will have someone to answer to, and when they go away, they've laid nothing up for themselves in the world to come, and everything that they have, they'll leave, as we'll see, to someone else who'll probably squander it. Look at that last word, though, of verse 5, Selah. The psalmist, as we'll see again shortly, wants us to think about this, that life is vanity, the best yes. state of man. That's right. The highest, the, the strongest, the richest, the smartest is vanity. Sila, yes. think about it. What's that mean for you? I'm definitely not the best of man. <laughs> Verse 6. Every man walketh in a vain show. Again, vanity. Here we go, second time. Man's life. What's that mean for us? The psalmist wants us here to understand that earthly life is worthless and futile. Surely they're disquieted in vain. This disquietment I take to, to mean uh, being bothered or just uh, agitated, irritated with the things of life. Why do we worry about the little things in this life? Why do, they, why do they get under our skin if we have something better to think about uh, and somewhere better to be? Yes. This life is futile. Why, is it, why does it bother us so? He heapeth up riches. If man's life is vanity, how much more so his riches? 
the rich man of Luke 12 as a sobering reminder. He said, I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. God had different plans for him. Amen. Thou fool, you idiot. No, I think not. You, your soul is required of you tonight, and who are you going to leave your stuff to? As the next section of verse 6 says, and knoweth not to whom, to who shall gather them. They, they spend their entire life heaping up these vain riches. They die and leave it to someone who didn't work for them, doesn't appreciate them, is going to squander them away. That is sad. That's sad. On the, on the thinking of, of the, the futility, again, of, of, of riches, etc., and what's done on the earth and what's sought after, I like a poem by C.T. Studd, Charles Studd, a British missionary. Only what's done for Christ will last. I'm just going to read two stanzas. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done. Then, in that day, my Lord to meet and stand before his judgment seat. Only one life, twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when I'm dying, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my life has been burned out for thee. Wonderful. That yes. is what we need to be thinking about yes. during this life. And we'll see more in verse 7. Now, verse 1 through 6, pretty, pretty bleak picture, right? Verse 7, the psalmist turns to the Lord, and he asks this question, Lord, what, what, am, I, what am I waiting for? What do I trust in? What is my hope? Then he goes on to answer the question for himself. I hope in thee. My trust is in the Lord, the source of all deliverance, meaningfulness, and fulfillment in this life. What a stark contrast to all those that place their trust in this world. Verse 8. Deliver me from all my transgression. When you turn to the Lord and trust in him, what should that cause in us? We see our own sinfulness, and we should repent of it. It's a call to repentance and a request for forgiveness of our sins. Also, in the same light, make me not the reproach of the foolish or of the wicked. Don't let our hypocrisy, because we say one thing and do another, be a reproach unto us. Be a stinking saver in the wicked's nostrils. Verse 9, I was dumb. I opened not my mouth. Why? Why was he quiet? Why, why did he bear under this affliction that he had? Because he knew it was from the Lord. The Lord did it. Nebuchadnezzar says great in Daniel 4.35 that all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he does according to his will in the armies of heaven and amongst the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? It's not our place to question him. So the psalmist bore up under his burden and was quiet. Verse 10. But that doesn't mean you can't ask the Lord to ease your suffering, your stress, or your sickness. So the psalmist asked, Remove the stroke away from me. Please, Lord, I'm consumed by the blow of thy hand. It's, it's tough for me to bear. Help me. Help me. How do you respond to the Lord's chastening? Do you realize that it's from the Lord? Then do you ask him to ease it? Verse 11. When thou with rebukes dost correct man for iniquity, thou makest his beauty to consume away like a moth. As we've seen before, the best state of man is already been shown to be nothing. Vanity. So this beauty here is his, I think, perceived beauty. When the Lord corrects us for our iniquity, we see the sinfulness that we have and that we, we see that the true picture that we painted beautifully is really garbage. 
we have no, no beauty of ourselves. Again, verse 11, the second time, surely every man is vanity. The third mention of vanity, the second sila. I think the psalmist and the Holy Ghost here wants us to realize that our life at the best is vanity. Yes. Amen. Verse 12, hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear unto my cry. Hold not thy peace of my tears. The psalmist held his peace earlier with tears. Now he pleads that the Lord don't do that. D don't hold your peace. Answer me, please, Lord, help me in this time. For I'm a stranger with thee and a sojourner. I like this. That doesn't mean he's a stranger from God. He's a stranger with God. He's an alien in this world. As Jesus said, right. they, being the disciples, are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. We want to be like Abraham, a pilgrim, someone who's looking for a heavenly city, and not like Lot, who built his home and all his investments here. Yes. Verse 13, Oh, spare me that I may recover strength. Again, a plea for mercy from the Father, before I go hence and be no more. Now, this isn't, this isn't teaching soul sleep or soul cessation upon death. This is just when you're not here, when you die, you're not going to do anything else. There's, you can't live, teach, love, praise, do anything like that. So, as I leave you and conclude for today, I'd like to ask you a few questions. One, can you and will you bridle your tongue and remove all possible reproach from the wicked when you're going through difficult times? Will you recognize and realize that the chastening that you're under, the stress, suffering, sickness, or sorrow, is really from the Lord? It's His hand. He's the one that brought that circumstance into your life. Because of that, will you then call upon him to ask you, to, to, for you, to, to remove that and save you from it? Will you confess your sins and realize that you are sinful and you probably brought this upon yourself? Will you put your trust and reliance upon the Lord? Will you remember your own worthless state and vanity of your life and lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves can't break through and steal? And will you remember that you're a stranger and pilgrim here and you're going to a heavenly destination? Lord, help us keep these things in mind.